Welcome to episode 166, Emotional Connectedness. I am your host, Damon Soka. As we navigate the world of emotions, both those we control and those we don't, emotional connectedness becomes something of a feather in the wind. Not terribly difficult to see, but almost impossible to catch. I was listening to another podcaster this week talk about a phrase that I love because it says so much about us as humans. It comes from the idea that birds of the same type and species come together. That is where the phrase actually comes from. Birds of a feather flock together. My wife and I have some chickens, and interestingly enough, even though they are all chickens, the different types of chickens tend to hang around each other. There is something deeply ingrained in our subconscious, both animal and human, that we gravitate to people who share our common emotional experiences and interests. We tend to marry people of the same socioeconomic class and of the same race and often of the same religious background. It is because we share similar experiences, ideas, and more often that, that we share similar emotional experiences. But what happens when your emotional experiences are so outside the normal experience that you can only identify with someone who has your illness? And even then, you can only really socialize with individuals who suffer when the illness allows for it. That can be a terribly isolating and lonely feeling. Those of you who have listened for a time to this podcast and those of you who know me personally, might not know something about me. I have always felt like a bird without a flock. I have never felt part of the inner circle of really any of my social circles, and that includes the various wards I have lived in. Other than my immediate family, I only have one real long-term friend who lives in Nevada, and truly my wife is really the only other person I feel who knows me. Well, I guess except for this group that listens. Interestingly enough, I have never really felt even moderately connected in any ward family. I know that will seem strange, even to those whom I served as a bishop. I have thought a great deal about why I have always felt that way. Certainly, my slight autistic nature, my autoimmune illness that keeps me from various activities, do cause some serious problems with socializing. But as I have continued to experience difficulties with anxiety and depression, I am beginning to understand that it is an emotional connectedness problem. My emotional experiences, like many of yours, are significantly different, and that allows me to see and feel the world in a much different way than most people. As I have pondered this problem recently, I have realized more and more that in this world it is a it is difficult to find someone with whom you can connect when you experience mental illness. Our mental illness world is such a unique experience that it is near impossible for someone to fully understand us unless they share our unique experience. Mental illness is not a flu or a cold where our physical symptoms are temporary, but our mind and reality remain the same. Mental illness changes our whole world, and we see feel and experience the world in very unique ways. I believe that is why we feel like birds without a flock. We struggle to connect with other people because of our emotional experience in this world. When we connect with other people, 
we tend to connect with other people who are similar to us emotionally. Yes, we used outward traits and signs that are similar, but eventually for us to connect deeply, we must connect in an emotional way. And our emotional connection must be similar, meaning we must feel in similar ways about the important matters of life and each other. We don't truly become connected to someone until we are connected emotionally. Our souls actually long for this type of connection. It is one of the greatest sources of happiness we can achieve, and so we search for it. Certainly this comes from our long life before this earth, where we built eternal friendships. Have you ever connected with someone and felt as if you had known them forever? I believe that you have, and that you are recognizing this connection you developed so long ago. So when we encounter an illness that blocks this emotional connection, we struggle deeply. I believe that our inability to connect with others has some interesting consequences. Now, I admit there is a stigma to mental illness. I might as well have leprosy when I tell people about it. Now, in point of fact, it might be worse than leprosy. People might be able to identify with an open wound, but ask them to identify with someone managing a mental illness, and they don't know what to say or where to begin. Sometimes I think that the stigma we feel is more about our inability to empathize and connect emotionally with others rather than a stigma. Now, I've never blamed others for my social struggles. I've often asked my wife why everyone is so strange everywhere we've lived. Strange probably is not the best word. But then I had to ask myself, if everyone else is strange, then they might not be the ones who are different or strange. I've had to come to the realization that I am the different one, and that I struggle to connect emotionally with normal people. And because I struggle, they struggle with me. I think that we perceive it as a stigma, as we realize that we are not connecting, and we don't understand why. And as we desire greatly to fit in somewhere for any type of connection, we use masking. I've talked about masking in past podcasts, but the reality is simple. It is a replacement for emotional connection. Because we desire to connect, we practice masking all the time. I can walk the walk and talk the talk of socialization, but I never really seem to connect with anyone. I'm that guy who sits in church and everyone's wondering what I'm thinking. I can seem intimidating and reserved, and I will admit that I have tried all of my life to adjust to others and attempt to connect on a personal level, but I will admit it, it has been limited. I have, but I've never understood fully why until I understood that my experiences emotionally are simply not like others. Now I've poured over the scriptures looking for answers to this dilemma and I've come up emptier than I would like to, at least from a more practical experience. There are the normal answers about developing charity, hope, and faith, but there's no discussion of what to do when you're not able to connect emotionally or otherwise with people, or what to do when your body doesn't respond emotionally like others do. I have struggled a great deal with what to do and how to approach it. I've asked more times in prayer than I would like to admit, for some understanding and help, and I have received assurances that the Lord understands and knows of my concerns. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Learning and asking for faith, hope, and charity helps, but it doesn't provide the whole answer. We need someone who fully understands our experience. Hopefully, my confession is helpful to some of you. I believe that this lack of connectedness is part of each of our lives, and I know that it can feel terribly lonely and confusing. Many of you have gone through a divorce because of it or have gone through several friendships and relationships. It is a common problem for those of us who suffer mental illness. Relationships require a great deal of emotional connectedness and trust, and when you struggle with connectedness and even trusting your own emotions, maintaining a relationship can feel, let's say, almost impossible. But I do hope that you will continue to try. One of the solutions, at least in part, is that we recognize our difficulty and do our best to work around it. One thing we can do with those with whom we share some connection is that we can explain our experiences to them. When we avoid sharing our mental illness experiences, we leave a void that others sense but really can't explain. And if you'd listen to me for any period of time, you will know that their minds will fill in that blank or void. That lack of understanding, at least rationally understanding, will cause them to feel as though a connection does not exist. If we are willing to explain the cause of the void or our disconnectedness, explain what they are seeing in us, we can eliminate at least the unknown for them. And this will allow for a deeper connection and understanding. They may not be able to fully empathize, but they will understand the why. And in a friendship or relationship, that is important. Yes, there will still exist some disconnection, and that is to be expected. Now, I realize that telling everyone of your Ill telling everyone of your illness might not be the right thing for every friendship or relationship you have. You will have to decide where that makes sense. But if you desire emotional connection, the other person needs to know the why. They need to understand who you are really, emotionally. As you tell these people, remember to explain the illness, its symptoms, both physically and emotionally. Don't just tell them you have a mental illness. Most people don't understand it or have any real knowledge about it. When they do think they understand something, it is often based on incorrect assumptions brought forth by media or other means. They need to understand what it means to you to have mental illness, and most importantly, what it means to them. What will they see in you when it happens? How you feel when you are in your episodes? This may take some time for you to understand and formulate. You need to explain it from their perspective, not just yours. To say you feel depressed may not be sufficient. Explain what that means. That it causes your brain to slow down. It causes you to f your feelings to turn negative. It causes a loss of desire and even hope. Or that it causes you to feel lethargic and without energy. Tell them what your day looks like when you are in an episode what you typically do and feel. So when they see it, they will recognize what is happening. Now this also extends into the time frame of an episode. You will have to tell them what is happening that day. You will have to be more open about your emotions and feelings. You will also have to be discerning about whom you tell, as some people are more naturally empathetic than others.
Now, will this get you that connectedness you desire? In some ways, yes, it will. And in other ways, it won't. The illness itself makes us feel disconnected from others emotionally. When you are terribly anxious or depressed, you are not likely to feel connected or even the desire to connect with someone. So you will still struggle. But connectedness is not a light switch, on or off. It exists more on a continuum, where you will feel it at different levels. However, some feelings of connection will actually be far better than none. I realize that we will probably always feel a little like outsiders when we have mental illness. But knowing is truly half the battle. When we can understand the cause, it places our mind in a better position, not just to help the problem, but to be settled about it and accept it. Now I hope when you feel marginalized, like a bird without a flock, you will understand the why, and you can bear it with greater understanding. Our fight is not an easy one in this life, and it was never intended to be. We came to this earth for a final exam, not a vacation. That exam is for exaltation, the greatest gift of God, and so I would expect the test to be pretty difficult. This doesn't mean that our Savior will not provide help on the exam. When the Savior says that he fully understands, because of his vicarious experience in the garden and on the cross, and I personally believe throughout his life, I believe that this is one of the things that he is really telling us. We can be emotionally connected to him because he fully understands our concerns, our experiences, and our life. I realize that our relationship with him will be different than, other with, than with other mortal beings. Our bodies and minds also desire a physical connection along with the emotional one. And for now, that physical connection of the Savior being with us is in the future. But I have found that pouring out my soul has provided a deep connection to him. And that most certainly helps us and helps me in my struggle. I have found that when I connect with another person who suffers, we do seem to have a deeper emotional connection than with others. While I don't really like to see the, my wife suffer with depression, that is something that truly does connect us. It doesn't always work in that way in relationships. Often when two individuals are suffering, their relationship falls apart not because they cannot connect, but because the illness cripples our emotional balance so often that communication breaks down. And then connectedness, while still there, can't really fill that communication void. Just because we can emotionally connect doesn't necessarily mean the relationship will all be roses and chocolates. Relationships require more than a simple connection. But without a connection, they don't exist, at least in the sense we desire. Finally, be patient with yourself. As I have attempted to develop greater connection and better social skills, it's been a rocky road. I wish I could tell you differently. It's going to be a fight, and sometimes we don't have the energy for the fight. However, keep up the faith and keep trying. And the Lord will intervene, bringing someone into your life who does understand and who can help. This is especially true if you ask him to help you. He does care for you, and he does understand your desire for happiness. May the Lord bless you and keep you in his care. Until next week, do your part, and the Lord will do his.